our like blooper reel. Yeah. Okay. So we have a blooper reel. We should. We should have a blooper reel. I think the blooper reel is almost necessary at this point. Okay. Hello and Good. welcome to Check and Tendies, your number one stop for not chicken related hockey content. I'm Corwin. Today I'm joined by, as usual, my co host Tara and Jay. Tara, how are you doing? Excellent. How are you? I'm good. Jay, how are you? Well, we are recording in between periods two and three of the bronze medal game of Women's World, so I am a little tense, but otherwise great. So, you know, we have a segue built in already. Jay, tell us about Women's World, what's been happening, and tell us how excited you are for Czechia and what they're doing. Oh boy. So, this tournament has been a lot of fun. It's been kind of wild. There's been upsets. There's been unexpected ascensions and unexpected relegations. Uh, there's been a number of overtime games and a bunch of shootouts. Uh, so it's just been very exciting. And uh, well, it's been very exciting for the games that we've been able to watch since a bunch of them haven't been streamed and some of them have been geolocked when you could <laughs> illegally access them. Yeah, I think the big story of the tournament is Finland assumed classic third place in the tournament has actually been relegated out of group A and will be playing in group B at Next Worlds. Uh, they lost to Czechia in the semifinals, barely pulled out a win in overtime against Hungary, and then lost this morning to Japan in the shootout, who they had defeated earlier in the tournament with a score of 9-3. to So there's also been some drama. Um, I don't have all the details on that. Yeah, Finland. Finland's having a rough time right now. But uh, what, what kind on the of other hand, on? so like somebody went to a wedding in the middle of the tournament, and then somebody tweeted about it. It's it's a it's been kind of a thing. Why is that drama? Like, because like somebody went to a wedding in the middle of like left the tournament, missed a game to go to oh, a wedding. missed a game for it. Missed a game. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. And then somebody else tweeted like, "Oh yeah, I would have liked to go to my dad's birthday, but I didn't." So yeah, it's it's been fun. So yeah, Finland down. Czechia. Best tournament finish in the past was, I think, sixth place, and they're currently, you know, in the bronze medal game. So that's extremely exciting. And anybody who has been watching them for a little while and watching the U18 team, and they've just been getting a lot better. So I called this, for the record, not like this specifically, but I'm I'm calling. I, I said that. And what's your uh, favorite thing about watching these games? I like seeing players from a bunch of different leagues. You know, I watch mostly North American games because that is where I am. That's where the the calls are in English. But I like seeing that, you know, there are players from parts of the world that I've never been to who are kick-ass and can do incredible things on the ice, especially especially when we get all this messaging about the best women's hockey players in the world in North America. And it's like, okay, that's nice, but there are other places that are not America or Canada. Um, there's a lot of good games to watch. There's a lot of great goalies. There's a lot of great plays. You know, it's just fun. There's a lot of good jerseys, storylines up the wazoo. What do you think is different about the hockey from other countries like is it tactically different well the u.s and canada kind of just look like they have downed three five-hour energies before going into a game at all times uh i say that they look like they're swarming on the ice at all times they're just constantly go 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 they a lot of the american and, and canadian like style of play is just play as physical as possible and if we get called on penalties then we can kill them but they just kind of bowl over to other teams over so it'll be interesting with the sdhl um, instituting checking next season, which they've been working on for a few years. It'll be interesting to see over the next few years if that uh, affects the international play. But yeah, a lot of the other teams are used to playing on international ice. Uh, there's a lot more skating around. There's a lot more, I don't know. It's a different style. It's fun. I think something that's interesting to note is the reason that there isn't checking on the international level or just in women's game at all is because the US and Canada were too good and too dominant because they would run over people 
and checking was removed to increase parity. So I think it's interesting seeing how the U.S. and Canada are still doing that. But with the increase of checking in the SDHL, how is that going to change the picture, I guess? Will that affect the dominance of the U.S. and Canada or will that just like make the game, I guess, more checking? Do you think that it's a safety concern to introduce checking at a level when you haven't ever practiced it in women's hockey? From what I've read about the SDHL's approach, um, they've been over the last few years um, introducing, like raising the bar of what amount of body checking was allowed. Um, and they've been doing a lot of trainings about that on, on how to take checks safely, stuff like that. Um, they did a pilot program and a study and everything. And, and next year they're instituting it. So I don't know. You know, I can't comment on their process, but they seem to think it's okay. Um, but just as players going in, having not ever checked before, like it's different in men's, they learn how to check when they're 12 or 13. They're actually raising that age now because they're realize how dangerous checking can be and like how many head injuries are associated with it yeah so they're actually taking checking out of youth programs on the on the boys side Um, so it's yeah so it's it's kind of strange that they would then add it to the women's side is something that we we've never had that they think will add some dimension to the game when really we we already have dimension to our game. It's just a different dimension. So I've been calling games for high school boys hockey and girls hockey. And it's interesting to see the difference between a freshman and a senior or even a freshman and a junior checking wise. And it's I think that's part of the reason why for on the girls side, freshmen will be easily put on varsity. But for the boys side, they have to go through JV team and spend a longer time getting ready just because there's this one kid I can think of. He was a freshman. He was incredible. Like hands incredibly good. Couldn't check very well. And just he, they tried to put him on the ice and shelter mints or anytime he made a mistake, they would take him off sooner than other people because he didn't know how to check. And I remember he almost injured this player because his checking, he just didn't know how to do it effectively. So I think women's hockey is going to be interesting to see. Is there going to be everyone starting on the same level or will some people have learned how to check a little bit when they were younger, depending on when they split off into a girls only program? Because just thinking about how it is even here with freshman versus senior checking ability, knowing how to do it safely. And I think in high school too, like especially with size, you know, you're going through growth spurts and putting on muscle. So some kids are have 100 pounds. On. That's actually interesting talking about, particularly in high school, uh, whether younger players can play with older players. Because in this tournament on on Czechia, I will talk about Czechia anyway. Uh, we have a uh, 16-year-old Adela Shapovalivova was the second top scorer at U18s and has scored in this tournament. Has been a big. She's on the top power play. She's on the top line. And so far in the game that is currently going. Um, she's drawn three penalties and it's body contact and it's and in this game they can do that I don't know if I mean, you know your your 16 year old who hasn't had his growth spurt yet hasn't gone through those those checking trainings yet is his skill getting exhibited in the same way is he getting the chance to develop that without getting pasted to the boards as he will so so as a 16 year old who has played hockey against people older than I have um, I, I first yeah, you're a goalie. Real, real experience no I've actually played skater um so I've been doing some stuff with the Boston Pride hockey and I've been playing out it's interesting to see how raw I think my abilities are compared to people who've been doing it for like 30 years I mean this we don't have that level of play at the women's worlds I haven't been playing for 30 years they're not have an old guy like this guy named Sal he's great he's one of the best players on the ice he's also like old but he can like keep up with it it's interesting seeing how i play compared to the other ones i might have more energy than everyone else a little bit more hot but i just there's some things i can't do i think it's really interesting ha- seeing how a younger player not even younger as in newer to the game is younger as in just physically not as old how she can keep up i guess knowledge wise and skill wise and how reading the game works we do have you know 16 year old phenoms who will take the game over like chapa valley over like bedard if you will and you know i don't watch men's youth levels whatever but, uh, you know, would his game be even better if it was if it was a more skill based game like on the women's side and it wasn't 
checking. That brings me to my next question, which is, do we consider checking a skill? Because like anything in hockey, it's part of the game on, on the men's side. And it's something that needs to be grown and developed over the years. And like Cor said, there are players who can play on the women's side, like who can play up in terms of age, who can, like freshmen can play or first years can play with seniors. And there isn't really a huge barrier there in terms of checking, but are reviewing either or both of you, would you say that you view checking as a skill that needs to be developed or is it just um, some some form of, that we just consider it body contact, that's it? I think checking is absolutely a skill. Body contact is not as much, but being able to check, I guess, intentionally and the way that you'll do it is in a, it's not never going to be perfectly safe, but in a manner that's safer than it could be think is a skill because you need to practice that and get better and knowing I think it's almost just knowing where your body is in relation to everyone else and that's something you have to practice to try to figure out how much space I take up on the ice in my pads and so how much space I take up in my daily life wearing not a lot of hockey gear I think there's it's learning how much force you can use as much as everything I think I think it's definitely a skill to be learned I would definitely say checking is a skill and I'd say body contact is a skill and I'd say fighting is a skill in leagues where that's allowed and trash talk is a skill anything that affects the course of the game is and can be developed to do so better to manipulate the game the way you want it to be done is a skill you know for better or worse people are going to like some of those things more than others but it all affects the game so whether or not we think that should be introduced to women's hockey again people are going to vary on that as well i'm kind of mixed on it my younger brother is starting to play hockey in high school because neither of me or him really were interested in sports until about now so i think it's gonna be really interesting to see how his training differs from mine with will he learn how to check and i think that's going to be something where we can circle back on and i'll have more opinions on it once he starts and seeing how his practices differ from mine do they practice check dude i would be so mad if i played women's hockey coming up and then and never got taught checking and then and then it was introduced later, or even just like, even if you don't use it, knowing how to take that check. I've heard it said, and I can't, you guys would have more insight into this than me, but heard it said that um, a lot of the concussions and injuries in women's hockey come from accidental body contact because people aren't expecting it. There was actually a, a play at the Worlds where thankfully the player was not injured, but you know they were, they were chasing after a puck and there was contact and the player crashed into the boards and went over and she was fine. But you know, smashing somebody into the boards, we see that all the time in men's hockey, but when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, she's, she wasn't, she didn't see that coming, you know? So there is body contact in women's. I had glass front seats, the Boston Pride last season, um, season tickets, but it was interesting seeing how hard smashing against the boards. Um, I learned really quick that you don't want to put your mug or your, I, they had a hot cocoa thing where you, or a coffee where you could get this like mug for like 20 bucks at the beginning of the season and refills were a dollar for the rest of the season. And I learned real quick, you don't want to put that mug on the boards because they would smash into it and. I think body contact is something that you should learn even in girls hockey just so it's something you know how to deal with in the future you know if you're trying to fight against the boards or a puck and you just want to go that little bit harder making sure that both people know how to do that is incredibly useful there's definitely a misconception in um the women's side where people think that it's non-contact because there's no checking but it's full contact hockey which a lot of people don't understand it's full contact hockey but there's just no sanctioned body checking and that's really the only the only difference and so yeah there there is the concern i guess that you get body checked when you're not expecting it but at the same time even if you are expecting it 
the force of the contact is what gives you a concussion, not whether you're expecting it or not. So if we're sanctioning more body checking, then the concern for head injuries increases because of that. A concussion is when you're one, I'm just going to explain a concussion so that we make sure we know what it is. So concussion is when your it's your brain, it moves back and forth. Is it either it's jarring against the side of your skull? So it's going to be kind of like an impact. So this is an interjection, but I don't want to forget it. $20 for a mug of hot chocolate that you can just refill for the rest of the season. PHF teams in my area get on this college team. Please. I love hot chocolate. I would buy that mug immediately. First game. The of mug the is great. It's like a metal mug and it has like the team logo on it. It's not dishwasher safe. That's the one thing, the one gripe about it because it's a little bit of foam on the bottom, but it's like a solid mug and it's like big too. God, I'm trying to figure out the ounces, but like at least 12 ounces. It's like oh a, a okay. solid amount of Boston Pride, if you're listening, dishwasher safe, refillable hot chocolate mug. You'll have me for life. Like not actually, awesome. but I'll, I'll go to the games. <laughs> All right. That was a, that was a fun, I'm going to finish off the worlds so then we can move on. Okay. So in, in the bronze medal game that is currently on the, there was a segment on the PHF in the interim uh, where it was mentioned that uh, Casey Bellamy, formerly of USA hockey, um, and Mel Davidson, formerly of Hockey Canada, are actually in Denmark right now talking to players if they have any questions about the Federation. Um, it was it was interesting. They, on, they did a segment on the PHF on the broadcast, and they mentioned the players in the bronze medal game who were on PHF teams, and they talked about uh, Michaela Grand-Mentis' contract, and they showed footage from the Montreal announcement press conference with the jerseys. And so I don't know that we've had that before we have i didn't see it so that was interesting so progress i guess jay you seem extra interested in the jerseys i see in the background of your screen right now a pride minnesota jersey can you tell me more about what it is that you look for in a jersey oh my gosh i'm kind of i'm very into merch and uh having something physical you can hold on to that's the your fanship that you can wear out that you can just i also collect cards uh so very into these things so for jerseys uh when i'm just admiring jerseys um, I look for colors that go well together, visually interesting, something creative, maybe just something fun. And that's not to say that things that are classic can't be good as well. I really like the Buffalo Sabres jerseys. I think the colors pop. They just look nice to the eye. I'm not a Buffalo Sabres fan. Um, and similarly with the Montreal jerseys, actually, I mean, it's, it's interesting how they chose to go with that. Because So the Toronto Six, obviously, colors are kind of cream, black and bright red. And then new team. Only other team in Canada, Montreal, goes with black, white, and dark red. So it's like... So hmm. I have some context on the jersey. I did some research. They are based the almost directly from the Montreal Maroons, the now defunct NHL team that were there from 19... I don't remember, but they ended in 1934. And the, as one noticed, if one looked at the sleeve stripings on the Montreal jerseys for the PHF one, there's three different striping patterns. You have the stripe at the wrist, Small stripe, large stripe, small stripe for the maroon jersey, Montreal maroon jersey pattern. Then you have the, yes, that's the one where the black jersey, Tara is showing a picture of one of the Montreal maroons jerseys. They went through several different iterations with the striping, but all of the striping, the three different striping patterns for the PHF one are based off of the Montreal maroon. That's, I think, why they have the maroon color. That is really cool. So uh, hockey being a very uh, sort of traditional sport loves its callbacks you can see the the nhl doing its second round of retro reverse jerseys the number of teams that have have done callbacks to earlier eras earlier teams 
Um, that is something that is in the sport. So I think it's really cool that Montreal went back to an older team for their inspiration. Um, and the jerseys, I don't think they don't have that kind of, well, maybe they will on the ice, but at the moment, I wouldn't say that they're the most, you know, visually, they don't pop so much. I like the burgundy one. Um, I, I they, look, they look classic. They look, they look like hockey jerseys. They look nice. Um, I think it, it might speak to what, what they think the Montreal fan base will like. Tara, I know you have family in Montreal. Maybe you can speak more to that. No? Uh, okay. No, but it says online Montreal Maroons were founded in 1924 and they played until 1938. Oh, I was off by a few years. I, I feel very bad. Anyways. So we have, that is a thing also, like not just in hockey either, but in other sports, um, you know, taking inspiration from past teams in the city. And it's it's about, you know, being connected to the city, um, being representative of the city, engaging that fan base, but also just being true to the area. And so onto the name related, seen a lot of, seen a lot of mixed responses to the name, but, uh, you know, I, I like it. I liked it at first just because I thought it was cool. I liked that it works in English and French, you know, force in English, a force on the ice and in French, it means strength. So the strength of Montreal, pretty cool name. And there are, you know, teams in other sports that have names sort of similar to that in the NWSL for soccer, you have the North Carolina Courage, um, the Oil Rain, and the Washington Spirit. Uh, and then sort of similar in the WNBA, you have the New York Liberty, and the Atlanta Dream. And then in NSOC, you have the Minnesota Wild, Wild not being, you know, the kind of thing that you would normally expect a team to be named, but it works for them. And uh, NBA has the Orlando Magic. I don't really know if that's what, but you got teams like Jazz and Blues. Like, we don't always have to have the place noun. Um, and you know, I think place. place concept. There we go. So I think it works. I think in a few years, this would be just one of those things that we don't think about. I think it'll work out. I like the name. So when I saw the name, I absolutely hated the name. I'm not sure why. I like. I think I also didn't like the logo in black and white until I saw in color in the leak. There was a leak on Twitter of the copyright filings. I didn't like it. I was on the fence. But now that I've actually seen it, I think it's... Um, I really love what they did with the maroon jersey with the fleur-de-lis pattern on it. Also, on the other jerseys, when there's maroon stripes, they still have that fleur-de-lis pattern. I think that's really cool, the way that they're bringing modern hockey printing, because hockey is now moving into where they're using a lot of die-cut sublimation for printing, so we'll see more complex shapes, like the way that Minnesota Whitecaps have the um, trees on the white of their home jersey, the kind of outlines of that. I think it's cool how they're using that technology to make a classic jersey, kind of a mix of modern and classic. And I really like how they're doing innovation in the hockey gear space, I guess, jersey space. And I think it's really, really cool. That is something I really do dig about the PHF jerseys. And there have been a number of jerseys I have not liked. You know, the thing that PHF jerseys on the whole do not lack is boldness. Willingness to do something that's not just the same jerseys. Lots of stripes. As a... As a in, in men's hockey, I'm a Penguins fan, and our jerseys are so... Let's go back to the baby blue. I believe in baby blue hockey jerseys are the way to go. I mean, the Buttes, I don't like the Buttes that much. My cousins from Buffalo, I think I have a cousin by marriage who played on the Buttes. I'm not sure which one. They don't. They haven't told me, but like, I keep getting Buttes here everyone. for Christmas. It, hey, it's my aunt's cousin, or big catholic family from buffalo but they keep giving me buttes gear for like my birthday or christmas so i have like a buttes scarf i have a buttes hat like uh, i think this year probably the logical next step is either a butte shirt or a different buttes hat but like i have cousins who are like big buffalo fans and i've just fallen in love with the buttes colors i think what i'm really looking forward to seeing with montreal's seeing them play the buttes just imagine like the burgundy and then the blue 
I'm not, it's just gonna look so pretty on the ice. Very, very excited for the color combinations this season. Probably, I don't want to burst your bubble core. Probably somebody would be wearing black in that case. Both teams have a black jersey, but I know, I know. Ugh, I'm I allowed to dream about pretty jerseys. That, that's my thing. I'm allowed to think about pretty colors. Fair enough. And there's always the outdoor game, and who knows what they'll do there. I really hope that we get more outdoor games in the PHF. Tara, oh, do you have oh. thoughts on the Forest Montreal colors jerseys presentation? I have no thoughts worth recording on it. <laughs> um, I haven't gotten to watch the press conference yet. I did see a clip of it. It was an Instagram live. It was not a press conference. It was an Instagram live. I watched the whole thing. It was a live press conference and like put it on Instagram live. I don't. Yeah. I. Mm, yeah. There's some. Mm, yeah. There's some thoughts about that. I but. mean, at least it's accessible. The one thing I can say is it's accessible to people who aren't part of the media, which is, you know, a win. But also why? There is that. There is that. And it's not like other like other leagues do stuff on Instagram. Uh, the WNBA, I think NWSL as well. Don't quote me on that one have games broadcast on Twitter. It's about accessing people. It's about, you know, fair enough. Um, yeah, I didn't get to see the press conference yet. Probably will catch some of it later, but I got to see Anne-Sophie Bate's speech, which was in English, which was in, like really good. And I'm like, I can barely speak eloquently in English. I couldn't do it at all in the second language. I was impressed by that. The majority of people living in Montreal can are fluent in both English and French. Yeah, as a dumb American, I'm just very impressed by that. It takes a lot to maintain fluency in two languages. Um, I'm close to fluent in German, but still, it's, it's a lot of work. I have to actually try and think about it. Last thing about Worlds. All right. Going into the final games today, prior to the final games today, PHF players in in these games. So Miri Raisinen, who was the backup goalie for Finland in this tournament, played in one game, which was a 9-3 win over Japan uh, in the quarterfinals. Don't quote me. No, no. semi. Anyway, um, Rekha Debasi of Hungary, no points. Eva Berglund of Sweden, no points. Uh, Evelina Rosselli, I don't know if she, she's not officially signed to the Pride, but they mentioned her on the broadcast as somebody on the Pride. The Pride but they also didn't know that the Pride was tweeting about her. Yeah, whenever she did anything, um, they were ah. they were like, hey, look at this. It's our player. She's doing the thing. I think Maybe they signed they her like, just, just before her. the tournament started. I don't know. All the other teams, when they signed a player who was in the tournament, announced it prior which is smart i don't know so maybe but uh she i did i don't have her stats right there because i right up until watching this game i figured that she wasn't signed but all right and then the czech players all had lots of points kriseva had four assists laskova had two assists I mean, excuse me seven assists but then she's scored in this game already Mrazova, um on the whale had a goal and six assists and she was one of czechia's three stars of the tournament which is correct because she's been great on the ice and Aneta Terulova on the Pride is also one of the three stars, the goal and three assists, and her goal was the overtime game win over Finland that sent them to the quarterfinals. So she's been everywhere. She's been on their power play. I feel like I've seen her. On, yeah, she's been on their penalty kill, and she was good. Um, so, yeah, another great player for the Pride. Do you think she'll year. help with the Pride's problem last season of not shooting in the regular season? I, I'm, I cannot comment. She has been pretty offensive, though. So maybe offense, offensive in the offense phrase, not offensive. I've not been offended. I've loved watching her. I've loved watching Czechia. Anyway, okay, end, end world's commentary. I have not checked the score of the current game. I don't want to know. You're just Corwin, do you want to wrap it up with one of your famous questions? I'll wrap it up with one of my, my great questions. All right. Do, do and then we I can have go a finish in, the game. Do we have a number in mind today? Uh, Jay, do you have a favorite number? Your, your hockey number if you got to choose. If I had to choose, my 
my dad played hockey in high school and he was number five. So let's try that. All right. Question number five, which teammate could win a trick shot contest? So I'm going to say for this one, we're all teammates in this case. So who of the three of us do you think would be best at the trick shot contest? The two goalies I- and the person who's never used a stick and puck on the ice yet. Hmm. Well, like conceptually, who has the vibes who could win a trick shot contest? I know it would not be me. I I think I think Jay has the most like trick shot energy. I'm not sure what it is. Like has the vibes of could win a trick shot. I would second that. I think Jay has that that trick shot energy. Or at the very least, Jay would try really, really hard and probably like end up confusing the goalie at, or whoever it was that they were taking a trick shot on. If it's attempting a trick shot, I would go with myself. If it's making a trick shot, I don't. I would probably go with Tara. Uh, we, yeah, let's let's do another question. That was a gimme. Let's, let's find a different question. I'm just going to go go with a random one person that catches my interest. All right. Do you have a favorite cliche hockey media answer? Mine is absolutely pucks in deep. No particular reason. It's just such a terrible cliche and I, I love it. This isn't going to be favorite, but I, I suppose this is actually my least favorite, I guess, but I've also started saying it. So I guess just the overuse of the word, obviously. I've watched so much hockey at this point that I've started saying obviously in my normal conversations and I don't like it. Um, I like some of the fun ones, like uh, just like words that you don't think belong in a hockey game and, and like the rare ones where, you know, not just like, you no know, sauce or whatever. No, yeah. But like, I like when somebody will pull something out and I'll be like, what does that mean? And, and then I have to look it up and find out that it's actually a thing. Or like you hear it and you know deep down what it means, but you don't know technically what it means. Um, you know you don't know that you know but you know one and if you watch like any nhl interviews the, the number of times that they say you know well well, well you know well, um, oh my god it's like the, oh, some people don't know why don't you teach people something new that they don't know there was an interview in in the bronze medal game currently uh, between first and second periods with natalie Mlinkova, who uh, has scored two goals so far in the game up to where i've watched and they did an interview with her and it was in english and she kept she did the same. So the, the hockey patter, sure, y'all know, uh, includes obviously, it includes you know, and it's just a run-on sentence. They don't ever stop. It's da-da-da-da-da, and da-da-da-da-da, and da-da-da-da. They just say and, and they keep going. And she did that. I think they're afraid, just afra- afraid of being told that, no, you need to say more. That's what they're going to try to get all, all the thoughts in one go. I think it's also just a way of connecting all the padding so it sounds like you've said a lot, even if you haven't. Absolutely. You know, I feel like there are some things where if you spend any time talking to middle school hockey players as i do unfortunately there are just some phrases that they'll whip out and it's like what do you mean by that there was one time at a skating rink me and my friends were going and this kid kept bothering us so he asked one of our friends so are you pulling any birds what do you think that means pulling birds that means picking yes. up chick. yes but That's... my friends are confused i was the only one who could understand it and i hate that he's like also he kept talking about top cheese at me and i'm like it's definitely a different language there is such Getting a thing as too immersed in a culture we need yeah. Some diversity, which by which I mean, go play another sport for a while. Damn. He plays lacrosse, and that's not Listen, any I better. Said, I said a different sport. Lacrosse? Lacrosse is just hockey in the air on grass. No, hockey is lacrosse on the ice. The other way around, lacrosse was first. Oh, yeah? Are you a lacrosse player okay. for some pharma, Sarah? Never. I never played lacrosse, but hockey came from lacrosse. That makes sense. I think I need to do more research on hockey, just like the history of... We'll see that on the on the next podcast. We'll get a we'll go back in time. No, well, there there will be. You know, I was at work when the bylaws came out, and I was walking out to my break, and I was just looking around. It's a beautiful day. Uh, I just thought to myself, 
there's some women's hockey drama happening right now. And sure enough, I opened up Twitter and there were the bylaws and something. I knew, I just knew. I feel like there will be more, there will be more to discuss next week. And on that Asterisk. highly dramatic note, highly dramatic note, cluck, thank cluck. you for listening to Jack and Teddy. Cluck, cluck. Cluck, cluck. You can find us wherever you find podcasts. Please leave us a review and five stars. We love a review. Ratings are great. Say nice things. You can find us on Twitter at checkin underscore tendies. If you want more about any of the topics we're talking about, you can find writing about it and all women's hockey things on Inside the Rink.